and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Amen. Welcome, everybody, back to the Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank, and glad you're here with me tonight. Hey, folks, if you didn't catch last week um, about the coming crash in the biblical prepper where I had my dad, uh, Mr. Brother Frank, on with me, and uh, dad is just uh, a blessing. And, you know, some of you have emailed me and, and uh, shared with me on Facebook and stuff, um, you know, how blessed it is to have a father who loves the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what, folks. You are right. I am blessed to have an earthly father who loves the Lord. Unfortunately, I took it for granted for too many years, but I cherish the relationship with my earthly father because we both have the same heavenly father. And and so if you didn't catch that, please catch that episode from last week and the week before that, uh, Lost Believers. Folks, we are living in the last days. These are prophetic times. The Lord is coming back soon, but there's going to be some some strong um, trials, and there's going to be some tribulations coming ahead, but that's okay because God promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And so I can't think of anybody better to bring on tonight to talk about things that are going on in the world and, and, and things that are affecting us directly. I don't know if you've been reading the news lately. I'm, I'm sure you have, but it's hard to get an understanding of the truth Uh, without the spirit of discernment from God anymore, because we see day in and day out what was said one second, and someone says the exact opposite thing, and then the exact opposite, and this is the same person, and we see him caught in lies over and over, but they keep telling it so often that people start to believe it. And so tonight's episode is called Strong Delusion with Pastor Carl Gallops, and I am going to bring Pastor Carl Gallops here on the phone with us in just a second, but you know him well. He's been on the Remnant Call several times. He's the senior pastor of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida since 1987. Pastor Gallops is a top 60 best-selling author on Amazon. He's also been a conservative radio talk show host. He, uh, he, he's been on many shows, including Coast to Coast AM, and, and really, you can just look for Pastor Gallops, and you'll find him about uh, anywhere. Well, he's also written several books, and his current book uh, that we're going to jump into some tonight, and that is called Gods and Thrones. Nakash, the Forgotten Prophecy, and the Return of the Elohim. Folks, this might sound like something that's out there, something that's fringe, something that's edge, but folks, let me tell you something right now. What is coming in the last days is going to be so unbelievable that if you are not grounded, the Bible says that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. But it's not possible. But folks, understand this. When the Lord said that, that was not a haphazard statement. What he was saying is, listen, you don't want to take any chances because if it were possible, this delusion so strong that the very elect could be deceived, and God is warning us not to take any chances. Well, I'm not going to wait around any longer. Pastor Carl, are you here with us tonight? 
I am Brother Frank, and thank you so much for your gracious introduction. And it's good to be back with you, my friend, my brother. Thanks for having me tonight. Well, Pastor Carl, it's our honor to have you on here. We just love you and appreciate everything you do. Um, and and you are you're not just a pastor. You are full time into everything on television, on uh, radio. Uh, I, do you actually sleep? That's one of the questions. Yeah, I, not very well. Let me go ahead and say that. <laughs> but you know, it's amazing when I think about it. I have to give all glory to the Lord because, yeah, I I am doing a little bit of everything these days: writing books on TV and radio, and doing print media and. You know, I mean, I opened the Donald Trump rally here and back during the campaign here in northwest Florida and tied in with Sheriff Joe Arpaio and that criminal investigation and Mike Zulo, his chief investigator back in the day, and, of course, still very close to him. It's just amazing when I think about that, pastoring a church. and But all of those things, I can tell you, Frank, I, I didn't ask for any of them. I mean, the doors just mm. open. The next thing you know, I'm I'm in the middle of the book writing world and the media world and it's been a wild ride, but, you know, all glory to the Lord. I'm just going to keep going, and he gives me strength. And at the end of the day, I sit down and think about it all, and it's surreal to me. But anyway, just, I didn't mean to dump that on you, but no. just when you said it the way you said it, it made me think about it again. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm I, that Pastor, uh, you are out there uh, on the front lines here in America trying to uh, wake up believers, trying to, you know, and I know that I, you know, I read sometimes the comments, people get upset, but they don't want to hear about the doom and gloom. But, you oh, know, yeah. I find, Pastor, that you, you, the truth is, is that sometimes truth is not always pretty. No, but it doesn't you're, change you're right. It's, it's, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. Go it ahead. doesn't change the fact that it is truth. And, and that is something that, you, you know, I, for, you know, the Bible talks about in the book of Jude, some, you know, we say with com passion through grace others save with fear pulling them from the fire hating even the garment spotted you know and and i know for me i had people tried to love me but it wasn't until you know god really gave me a spiritual slap upside the head and and uh it kind of shook me and woke me up and well i'm right. so thankful that he did right. i'm thankful that no, you're no. out here sharing this oh well thank you yeah yeah but the same with me and listen after many years in the ministry, and prior to being in the ministry, I was uh, in law enforcement for 11 years and worked as a deputy sheriff and two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs and did some of my own criminal investigations in one of those sheriff's offices. So that plus 30, 35 years of ministry, I mean, that's a lot of life experience. And, and you're right, people come in all different flavors, and some you can love them to the truth, others you can reason to the truth. Others, you have to beat them upside the head, <laughs> and then some never get it no matter what you do. Uh, but, yes. you know, that's just such is the life of, uh, of, of, of we're, we're in this world. It's coming apart at the seams. We're living in very prophetic times. Life is life. We need to enjoy it. We're only here for 60, 70, 80, 90 years if we're blessed. If we're blessed, we're not guaranteed of another mm. breath, but, yes. but we need to enjoy it. But – we're not here to see how much joy and pleasure we can get out of life or how many things or how much money or how much power. We are here to advance the kingdom of God because Amen. Jesus Christ is coming. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ will be established. The, Paul put it like this to the early church. He says, know you not that you will judge angels? Do you mm. not know that you will judge the nations? Do you not know, John said, that you will rule and reign with Christ? I mean, you know, 
Brother Frank, there's just so much preaching and pablum out there these days. People think that, you know, it, it, salvation means getting a little ticket to heaven and sitting on a pew and singing some pretty songs and going home talking about the preacher's sermon and put a little money in the offering plate. And one day I'll be with Jesus, praise God. I'll play a harp and float on a cloud the rest of my life. You know, that's not what it is, brother. Yes. We're we're held accountable for what we do with the salvation that has been given to us. But a half of Jesus' parables were about that. You know, the mm. vineyard and the and the faithful worker and the servants in the fields and I mean on and on. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's important that that you and I speak the truth in love where we can be as gracious and loving as possible, but there are other times when we just need to be straightforward. I mean, Jesus was the same way. I mean, he Amen. had the tender touch of the woman caught in adultery, but then he would stand before those hard-hearted Pharisees, look them in the eyes and say, you brood of vipers, who warned you of the coming judgment? You know, I mean, yeah. he just kind of kind of adapted his message and method, not his message, but his method of delivering the message to the audience uh, in which he was standing in front of. So. I, I just try to keep biblical balance, keep a balance. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be so gushy-mushy that nothing, you know, truth ever comes out. But I'm so, I don't want to be politically correct-minded. But on the other hand, I don't want to, you know, present myself like some some pharisaical tyrant either. Right there in in the middle is where we find, you, you know, how how Jesus did it. He's our best model, right? Absolutely. The, as my good friend calls it, the radical middle. And uh, that's, that's not a fence sitter, folks. It's t- you can fall in the ditch that's on right. either side. That's um, right, brother. That's right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. That's Pastor, good. you, uh, you know, there's so much having you on. You, you, there's so much we could talk about. And, you know, and folks, I, I just want to I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I don't want you to miss out. Please go on YouTube, check it out. There are some really good updates on Pastor Carl. We had him on before and, and did some uh, talking about what they had did with the uh, birth certificate for Obama. There's some new updates to that. Please check that out. But Pastor Carl, I wanted to talk tonight about the topic, Strong Delusion. Uh, but mm-hmm. before I got into that, I just want to say one more thing. There is a conference coming up here, here the Watchmen, that you're going to be at. Yeah. And I'm Zev Parat, which I am so excited. I'm going to get to actually meet both of you in person. I've talked to you, and Zev uh, not only has he been a, a friend and uh, you know across the internet and on the phone and, and on the radio program, he also blessed us with a beautiful menorah from Israel and just oh my family, we just love it. It's absolutely beautiful. So to actually finally meet people face to face, I can't be I can't tell you how excited I am. But Pastor, could you give us a brief, quick uh, overview of what's coming up in March? I can. Yeah, it's it's the Hear the Watchman Conference, uh, March twenty. 20- 2nd, 23rd through the 25th, 22nd through the 25th. I don't have it right in front of me. I, I can think find that's it out right. Here. Yeah, I can find it out in just a quick second. But um, hold it just a minute right now. Yeah, 22nd through the 25th. I just, just right on the front of my website, so I just clicked on it. But anyway, Dallas, yes. And um, for your listeners, you can use um, promo codes. I think Zev's is Zev20. Is that right? And, and that's mine correct. is Gallup's 20. 
Yeah. So either one of those, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, we don't get any money off of it, but it saves you a bunch of money. If you'll use the promo code, go to hearthewatchman.com if you want to come to that conference. I'll tell you guys what it's about here in just a minute. But um, go to hearthewatchman.com. You can register and get all the information there. But if you use the promo code gallops 20 or ZEV20, uh, you get – here, let me turn my cell phone off. You get um, – $20 off the price of admission, I do believe, and then 20% off uh, if you want to get the live stream. And that live stream is not just a one-time thing. Once you purchase that, um, and it's very reasonable. I can't remember what it is, but with the promo code, you get 20% off of that. But when once you purchase it, it you have access to it for months. I think it's like three or four months, and you can show it. You can watch it over and over. You can you know, show different parts of it. You can show it to other people. So it's really cool. Hearthewatchman.com. Sign up, register either for the live stream or for the conference. Uh, use Gallup's 20. Now, uh, there are tons of speakers at this conference, um, and and I will be the leadoff preacher, actually, um, for it. Uh, that uh, Thursday morning, I think it is, 930. I will start it off. And then after that, there are all kinds of folks. Zeph Peratt is preaching. And I'm going to go to the website right now and just run down some of these folks. So there's uh, Henry Groover, John B. Wells, L.A. Marzulli, Messianic Rabbi Zeph Peratt, Pastor Paul Begley, Dr. Michael Lake, Derek Gilbert from Skywatch TV, Lisa Haven, uh, myself, Josh Tolley, Michael Boldea, Bill Salas, uh, Mary Colbert, uh, Dr. Don Colbert, uh, Coach Dave Dubmeyer, Pastor Casper uh, McLeod, um, and then breakout conferences, Josh Peck, also from Skywatch TV, uh, Brandon Bigby from Freedom Friday, my show, and uh, my son, Brandon Bigby Gallops. He's an associate pastor and the head of a big uh, rehab ministry up north Alabama. Watchman Alexander, Ray Gano, John Moore. I mean, it's unbelievable. So you come to this conference, you stay in this awesome, awesome uh, uh conference center hotel right north of dallas right near the airport and you get to you know to meet all of these people we all have tables set up we're there we and, and, and you know we're just right there in the crowd with everybody i mean the whole time i mean I'm, I'm preaching but as soon as i'm finished i just come down and go to my table or just stand in the crowd and we talk to people we pray with people and and all the conference speakers do that and uh so you get to meet all of these folks and all of the different teachings and insight. Uh, you know, we a bunch of us. You know, we eat together. We go have coffee together and uh, talk the word of God together. It's just really cool. It's a, it's a really kind of a family atmosphere. I've done two two or three. I think this will be my fourth one of the Hear the Watchman conference. And anyway, the theme of this is Iron Sharpens Iron, uh, Brother Frank. Iron Sharpens Iron. And uh, so anyway, you mentioned about the menorah that Zev Peratt sent you. Yes. I just want to tell you, Zev Peratt is one of the most gracious people I have ever met. I, I'm telling you, brother, I, I, I speak to all these people like yourself and other people I know that are in this ministry and, and, and media and stuff. And every one of them talks about the gracious things that Zev has done for them. And he's done things for me like that. And it's like, gosh, this guy, he is so thoughtful either that or he's got a good wife that reminds him of these things <laughs> <laughs> amen well he's probably both <laughs> yeah probably well i've met his wife lynn she's she's adorable and she's going to be there as well her Wonderful. whole family hails from china and she has deep connections in china and the underground church in china and he's got some amazing stories from 
from their work in the underground church in China. So you're going to get Amen. to meet her as well. Amen. Well, I am so excited. And China in in of itself is is a whole several programs, folks. Yeah. The Chinese underground church is unbelievable. Well, yeah. Pastor, talking about the program tonight, Strong Delusion, um, you know, the bringing this up is because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we see so much constant lies. And unfortunately, we see so many people giving into uh, these lies to the point where, uh, Pastor, I, without the Lord, I don't know how you could keep a straight mind in this day and age that we live in. And and your book, your current book, Gods and Thrones, you you go into the source of where this began at. Yeah. And and this yeah. is not something new. This 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 journey began back in Eden, where where your book yeah. really picks up about what happened back there in Eden. Pastor, why is why is Eden important? to understanding what's going on now. You know, it's amazing that you would ask me that, Brother Frank, because as you know, you've read my book, um, uh, it covers probably 20 topics, but yet they are tied together. They're joined at the hip, and that's one of the things I think this makes this book unique is I take these deep spiritual biblical truths that you seldom hear preaching and teaching on, and I connect the dots from the first chapter and really like the third chapter, as you said, really, it really comes to life in the Garden of Eden, all the way through to the book of Revelation. Then I transfer it, as you know, right into the headlines of today's world to show you how this is this is what's behind the curtains. This is what's happening. And then I transfer it from there into the kingdom that is coming and what difference that makes in our life now. And you know all of that, but for the people in your audience who haven't read the book. So, yeah, and it's amazing that you would start with that question. Because now that the book has been out there and it's become this international you know, bestseller and, and God is just using it, I get emails and phone calls and the church does daily and posts on Facebook and, and blogs and people saying, oh my gosh, this book has changed my life, it has changed the way I read the scriptures, it's changed the way I look at the world, it's changed the way I read the news. And I'm, those are the kind of things an author wants to hear, brother. I mean, oh my gosh, all praise to the Lord. Thank you for the insight that God has given me. But I hear a lot of people say, I want more information about this Eden stuff, and it's deep, deep connections to what's happening in our world now. So I'm just going to tell you this in your audience. You're the first media source that has heard what I'm getting ready to say. I have a sequel to this book coming out early this fall, and you just asked. And, and it goes – it takes the two or three chapters I have on that in this book, and I do a whole book on it. And I mean, I pull back the covers and just we go into deep, deep research, Greek and Hebrew and commentaries and scholarly research and modern day research and stuff right out of the headlines about it and, and just lay it all out there. So I'm excited about it. But anyway, back to your question. So what's the stuff about Eden? Well, here's the deal, Brother Frank. Everything that's wrong with this world and wrong with you and wrong with me started in the Garden of Eden. Okay? That's what the Bible says. Everything. The whole gospel message is wrapped around the fact that we need a Savior because we are messed up. Our, our, our DNA is messed up. Our heads, our hearts, our minds, our bodies carry death in them. Uh, the world is decaying. It's coming apart at the seams. It's, 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 being, it's being immersed in in ubiquitous evil, 
Technology is Pandora's box. It's out of control. Even people that are inventing the technology are scared to death of it now, and they're publicly talking about it. Uh, the world is coming apart at the seams politically, geopolitically, uh, uh, technology, warfare, wars and rumors of wars. I mean, brother, you know, Jerusalem, Israel, surrounded by enemies, uh, borders collapsing, terrorism. I mean, I'm not trying to paint this dark, dreadful picture, but the bottom line is the Word of God said it was going to be like this when it got close to the return of the Lord. And so the question is, what's wrong with us? Where did this all start? Why can't we just get along? I mean, why are we killing, murdering, raping? Why is everything sex, sex, sex? Sex robots, children sex robots, rape robots. I mean, just, you know, look at all the sexual escapades and sexual exposure and the pedophilia rings and the Hollywood and the politicians and pastors and denominations. It's all sex and power and money and pride and ego. Where did all of that start? It all started in the garden and if one does a complete Genesis to Revelation, deep study of the topic, people would be astounded to know how much the Bible says about the Garden of Eden. A lot of people think that it's just the third chapter of Genesis, and after that you never hear about it anymore. But that's not true. You hear about it several times in the Old Testament, powerfully. You move to the New Testament, and if you know what you're looking for, it's, I mean, it's out of the mouth of Jesus, it's out of the mouth of Paul, it's out of the mouth of, of John, it's out of the mouth of Peter. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's out of the mouth of James. I mean, it's, it's, and, and it's in the book of Revelation. And when you start connecting the dots and doing the word studies and putting it together, you realize what we read in the surface text of Genesis 3 is important. The surface text has meaning, and it paints a picture, but it is, it is largely metaphorical. Now, there was a real garden. There's a real Adam, a real Eve. There was a real fall because the Bible says that from Genesis to Revelation. But what we also discover is that was not a walking, talking, literal snake that walked on two legs and looked you in the eyes and outsmarted Adam and Eve. That's a metaphor. It's a symbol of Satan himself. God says it in the Old Testament. John says it in the New Testament. Paul says it in the New Testament. Peter says it in the New Testament. And, and once people get their head wrapped around that the Garden of Eden account that's in the Bible is not the little children's bedtime story that we often hear preached and taught and shown in our Sunday school lessons and a little snake wrapped around a a, a limb, you know, enticing a woman to eat an apple. You, you know, that, 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 that's not it. It's, it's, look, look, Jesus said, think about this, brother. In John, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about false prophets. And what does he compare the lying, deceiving, slick false prophets to? He says they're like bad trees putting forth bad fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Does a good tree bring forth bad fruit? No. Does a bad tree bring forth good fruit? No. You'll know, you'll know them by their fruit. What, what's, what's Jesus using? He's using the metaphor of what? A tree 
and eating its fruit. Well, if you eat bad fruit from a bad tree, what are you getting? Lies, deception, false prophecy. What are we confronted with when we get to Genesis 3? Don't eat of that tree or that fruit because it's a lie. What, is, what does Satan do in the, in the metaphor of the serpent? Um, he tells Eve, eat of this fruit from this tree, and you will know what the gods know, little g. In other words, the divine realm, the angels, the angelic realm. You'll know what we know. You'll know what I know. Uh, and God lied to you. He said you would die. You're not going to die. And, and God just knows that you know you could be like him, and he doesn't want you to be like him. God's not fair. God's a cheater. I mean, what, what's Satan doing? He's the bad tree giving the false prophecy. He's lying. What's he doing? He's telling Eve, eat of the knowledge I have. Eat of the fruit I have. Do this thing. Do these things. You, d- does that make sense, Pastor Frank? Absolutely, it does. It, it makes sense. It and you know, interesting. One little quick note about the the, um, you know, the, about the tree, the snake wrapped around the the tree, and the you know that we see the modern day depictions. They did a study some years back, and they found that the majority of the buyer of uh, Sunday school materials for children were women. So they made a decision. I think it was about thirty years or so ago. I I was listening to a thing about it to change the pictures. From you know Jesus casting out demons and fighting you know all the the manly Jesus into now holding little children and puppies and all that kind of stuff and yeah. actually began to feminize yeah. the Lord uh, exactly and and it it has actually caused a problem and some even argue is the reason why a lot of men don't want to come to church of course because. That we've taken away the the teeth out of God, which we know that's not possible, but society has tried to do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, look, the whole culture is doing it. I mean, listen, brother. <laughs> brother Frank, you're so astute. Um, I, I could talk about this for hours because I've been a pastor for 35 years. I've, you know, and, and I'm telling you, so many churches are feminized. Now, now women listening to us out there, you, you are precious. You are adored, and I'm not patronizing you. In the church that I pastor, women are exalted. Women are important. Women are not second-class citizens. The Word of God is clear. But, but I'm telling you, the world can't be feminized. The church can't be feminized. The gospel can't be feminized and, and reach the world for Christ. It can't. It can't, and, and, and it has to be presented in truth with the biblical balance of the, the exaltation of womanhood, the exaltation of manhood, the exaltation of family and childhood and the sanctity of life and the sanctity of childhood and the sanctity of marriage. When you get that balance going there, that biblical balance that God created – and you let men be men, and you teach men to be men, and you let women be women, and you teach them to be women, and 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 you you begin to protect the sanctity of life and the womb and children and the sanctity of marriage. That's what God blesses. That's what He honors, and that's a part of what was absolutely profaned in the Garden of Eden. Once you do a deep study of all of that, and I do. Two or three chapters of that in this book, Gods and Thrones, because it's a part of that whole picture. But in the sequel coming out, the whole book is about the Garden of Eden and tracing it through to the book of Revelation and into the headlines. And it's, I can't wait to get that out because it's going to be a good sequel to Gods and Thrones. But, but the bottom line is 
I, I, I just want your listeners to know this is for real, brother. This is for keeps. Satan, Re- Revelation twelve twelve. Satan has been cast down to you. Woe unto you, earth. He is filled with rage because he knows his time is short. And we read in the scriptures about being given over to a depraved mind in the last days. We read in the scriptures about being given over to a strong delusion in the last days. Brother, we're watching it. We are living it. We're the first generation to see the return of Israel. We're the first generation to see Jerusalem restored to Israel as the capital. We're the first generation to see this collapse of the Middle East with Russia and China moving in, with Turkey collapsing into an Ottoman resurrection Islamic caliphate, with, with Syria collapsing into an irreconcilable civil war, North Korea with nukes aimed at the United States in collaboration with Iran and Russia and Gog and Magog and Persia and Ezekiel 38 and 39. I mean, we're the first generation to see all of this. Plus, now we have runaway technology. We're the first generation to have ubiquitous use of cell phones and internet access and instantaneous communication information technologies. And the demonic realm is inhabiting all of that. They're using it for their for their power, for their outreach. The demonic have a platform like never before, Brother Frank, never. This demonic outpouring is a deluge, and it's coming upon us strongly. And there is a great delusion out there. There, are, there is a depravity of mind. You, you talked about it. We see it. We don't know what to believe anymore. Everything's a lie. Everything. You know, I mean, it, it, unless you can measure it and, and filter it through the contextual understanding of the Word of God. But the problem is a lot of pastors and a lot of Christians don't have that contextual understanding because the church has been eating and, and drinking milk and pablum for so many decades in this nation that, that, that a lot of Christians are being given over to the delusion. And, and they're walking around believing every lie that's thrown at them. And so, you know, that's why you do what you do. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I'm writing these books. And, you know, this, this, this title, Gods and Thrones, it shakes people up. But when you understand what it's all about, you get it. And, and this stuff is for real. We're living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for people to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, what's really happening. And what I, one of the things, as you mentioned, that I do in Gods and Thrones, and again in the sequel I'm doing it heavily, is I go back and I connect the dots starting in the garden. Let's please quit turning this into a little children's bedtime story. God has given us the code to decipher that, that illustration, that, that symbol, that metaphor. Again, please hear me, folks. I'm not saying that there wasn't a real garden, and there wasn't a real Adam and Eve, and there wasn't a real fault. No, all of that's real. The rest of the Bible makes that clear. But as I will prove if we have time tonight, and if you want to, I can prove to you that the rest of the Bible also makes it crystal clear and deadly clear that that was not a walking, talking, literal snake. The Bible tells us. I mean, all the way in in the New Testament, it just tells us clearly. That was Satan. Satan. It wasn't Satan in disguise. It wasn't Satan embodied in a snake. It wasn't a snake that was possessed by Satan. It is a symbol for Satan and all of his nastiness and everything that's wrong with this stinking rotten world started in the garden, brother, and is not a little children's bedtime story. 
I, I can. I guess you can tell I'm passionate. I'm sorry. Let me just hush and let you talk. No, no, that's why I had John, Pastor. Uh, you know, it's interesting that it starts out. And, and Pastor, we did a program a few weeks ago on called the fruit of death um, yeah. about eating from the wrong tree. And um, but this the the problem I or, or the the connection for me is that in the beginning it started out in the garden that there was a desire to be like a God, yeah, to be yeah. like the Elohim, the little Jesus that Satan was yeah. talking about, to, and ultimately really to be like God, because that's who Satan wanted to be like the Most High. Yeah. And if, Pastor, if, if that was the initial problem, and then we see in Genesis chapter or six, the, of course, the the whole um, the Nephilim coming in and the whole uh, fallen angels and that beginning to to take place, to leading God to the point where He was ready, he, well, he to destroy the entire earth except for eight people. Pastor, why would we think that that same thing isn't going on again? Uh, if that's what God it happened back then, I mean, it got so bad. It, it really, Pastor, it was about wanting to be like God. That was the that was the problem. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, brother. You're you're absolutely right. And and again, you know, I I I, I delve into these in great detail in the book. And by the way, I, I I write it at a level I think that everybody in a pew that wants to read can can understand it. I mean, folks, it deals you, you with can't deep... read. These are bigger. This is made for me. Okay, this type of writing in here. The the uh, thank you for the spacing. I appreciate that, Pastor. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, I open yeah. it, it's well, real you know, tiny it's, words. It's difficult. No, it's deep, deep stuff. But I wrote it at a level that the vast majority of people sitting in the pews can get it. And and I don't mean I'm not talking down to no. people. I just mean that not only can you get it, but you can apply it to your life. No, it's easy to read. The book actually Good. is easy to read, and that well, makes you. it more pleasurable. Well, thank you. But 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 the, but the point is, you're right. Look, God pushed the reset button, brother, with the flood. Again, look what we've done. Look what Satan has done with that account. He's turned that into a children's story of a of a, of a big fat boat and great big elephants with heads bigger than the boat hanging off of it, and a man with white long flowing hair and a cane standing on the bow. And, and is floating in a beautiful sea of, with waves, but, you know, and lightning crashing in the distance. And, and, and it's, that's the story, of no, the story of Noah, the little story, you know, and the pretty little animals. And, you know, and they came two by two. Oh, how cute. And, yes, and, and you know, it, it has just turned into this fairy tale fantasy land. No, God killed everything except for the eight on the boat. And watch this. Animals that Noah collected in a zoo? No. The animals that he and his family went up and gathered out, up and raised and took care of? No. God brought the animals to the ark when, he was, when it was ready to put them. Why? Because God said everything on the earth is corrupted. All flesh is corrupted. All flesh, human and animal. Now, some translations talk about human flesh was corrupted, but the word there, and I do this study in my book, Gods and Thrones, is clear. And some translations say all flesh because the word is clear. The word means animals and humans. There was something that 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 was horrifically corrupting that went on with human flesh and, and, and animal flesh, and God said this is evil, this is wicked, 
I will not tolerate this. Everything man is can dream in his head, he's he's trying to do. And God pushed the reset button, and he destroyed everything. Now, that's not a children's bedtime story. But watch this. By the time we get to the New Testament, we hear Jesus in Luke chapter 17. He's talking about the, the last days before his return, and he tells his disciples, it'll be just like it was in the days of Noah. And then he said, and it'll be just like it was in the days of Lot. And he said, it'll be just like this before the return of the Son of Man. Now, those are Jesus' words. So what was it just like in Noah's day? Well, flesh was corrupt. Human flesh was corrupt. Um, uh, animal flesh was corrupt such that Noah didn't even know what animals, so God had to bring them to him. Uh, 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 evil was everywhere. Terrorism, people were living under terror. Uh, the giants were in the land, the Bible says, the Nephilim. And it says the sons of God came unto the daughters of men. I do a deep study of that and all the different possible possibilities of what that means and the most apparent uh, uh, meaning of it. So something was happening that was deeply spiritual and deeply profane and deeply defiling. And it wound up not only creating this, this atmosphere of terror and godlessness, but it also wound up creating this this corruption of flesh, DNA, I guess you would say. And and God destroyed it. He killed it. Now now you take the garden and the and and the account of Noah, think about it, brother. Describing it like we've described it tonight. There are some of your listeners going, Wow, I don't think I ever realized how how prolifically important the garden and the flood are. I mean, I mean, brother, those two accounts give us a hint that this world is under deep, dark, nasty spiritual warfare. It has been for many thousands of years. God has a plan. He's going to restore all things, the restitution of all things. He's going to fix it. And, he, it, and, and it's already begun through the gospel and the old rugged cross and the empty tomb and the ascension to heaven and the birth of the church. I mean, he's in the process. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 says, and the mystery of God's will has been revealed to us. He is in the process of bringing everything in heaven and everything on earth back together again under one head, Jesus Christ. Brother, that's Amen on its way. That. But in the meantime, we're watching it. Apparently, it looks to us like it's coming apart at the seams, and Jesus would just speak and say, no, this is how it was in the days of Noah. This is how it was in the days of Lot. Think about it. What, the days of Lot, what are we talking about? We're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. well, what happened in the days of Noah? Uh, it, isn't it interesting? It says people were being given in marriage, eating and drinking, right up to the day of the flood. Isn't it interesting that he would talk about marriage? And obviously, and he said everything was corrupt, yet he would talk about marriage. Apparently, marriage was corrupt. Family was corrupt. He says flesh was corrupt. Animal flesh was corrupt. Human flesh. Doesn't that sound strangely familiar to the world we're living in? Mm. And then he says it's going to be like Lot. What was the, what was the predominant feature of, of Sodom and Gomorrah? Deep sexual perversion. And, and it wasn't just homosexuality, but, but we know it was that. That's where the term sodomy comes from, and sodomites. But, but it was also this. I mean, I, I mean, Lot was willing to give his daughters, brother. Yes. I mean, it was it was horrific. And Jesus said, "It's going to be just like that." Look at pedophilia. 
Look at, look at, I mean, brother, they're creating sex robots, and they can't stop with sex robots. Now they've got to make the robots look like little children so that you can have sex with children in a fantasy world. And then they make robots that they're calling rape robots. What are those? They're programmed to fight you and to speak to you and to beg you not to uh, have sex with them so that you can rape somebody. It's sick, brother, and it's getting sicker because the technology is getting more and more advanced in the areas of artificial intelligence and even the ability for that artificial intelligence to learn and to become more and more human-like. We're we're becoming more advanced in our understanding of robotics and to make robots more human-like and more the the feel, the look, the, the actions, the movements. Brother, it's getting sick, and it's getting sicker. And in the middle of all of that, we've got CRISPR-Cas9 and genetic editing and, 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 and um, uh, oh, I forgot the term, where you mix animals and humans, chimera uh, uh, technologies. Yes, amalgamation. It, 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 yeah, amalgamation. We've got, so what's happening? The corruption of human flesh, the corruption mm. of animal flesh. What else is happening? The corruption of marriage, home, family, the corruption of childhood. We've already corrupted the womb. There's no sanctity of life. Um, The corruption of sexuality, of gender identity, pure corruption. And we call it normal. We call it, we call evil good and good evil. And and, and the largest Christian nation the planet has ever known, the United States of America, our Supreme Court ruled in 2015 that we don't know what a marriage is anymore. And the largest mm. Christian nation, brother, the nation that has the ability to bring the most light and truth to the world, and we ruled by our highest court in the land, we don't know what a marriage is anymore. And then shortly thereafter, in the last administration, Obama ruled the little girls and little boys have to shower together and change together and dress together because we don't know what that is anymore. I mean, brother, it's just – and we're getting a little bit of reprieve in this administration, but, you know, how long can that happen? What's, what's the Bible says yeah. that, we're, that, that we're, we're in these days before the return of the Lord. So, you know, it, people just need to wake up. Brother Frank, that's what you and I are trying to do. Amen. Love life, enjoy life, love your family, pay your bills, mow the grass, plan for the future. Frank and I are not setting dates, but we're saying to you, please wake up. The Garden of Eden is the reason why everything is happening, and it wasn't a children's bedtime story. It wasn't a walking, talking snake that convinced a woman to eat an apple. And Noah is not a children's bedtime story with elephants with overgrown heads hanging off the sides with smiles on their faces. We're talking about deep, dark, spiritual, demonic warfare that is right before our eyes right now. You're right. And Jesus didn't sit around just playing with puppies the whole time. He was here ministering on this earth. Uh, Pastor, it's very interesting that, uh, you know, and I don't want to talk about it much farther because it just gets so sick, but sex seems to be the problem before the flood. It started yep. with the angels. It started, you know, and we see that all flesh was corrupted. Now, think about the delusion back then was so deep that God spared eight people when we know, according to the word of God, that it's not his will that any should perish. So this right. loving God who, who 
does not enjoy destroying the wicked. The Bible says he takes no pleasure in it, destroys everyone except for eight people. And it seems like this whole cycle – now, you mentioned about the days of Lot, uh, the days of Noah. It's funny how we always – in churches, they primarily only mention the days of Noah. Rarely do they talk about the days of Lot. Folks, we have a program um, on the Remnant Call. You can catch it on YouTube or Blog Talk called Unholy Days, the most overlooked sign in the Bible, and I go deep into the sign of Lot and a lot of the research. And, Pastor, you're familiar with it, even to the uh, things that they found in the Talmud. Uh, folks, we're not saying the Talmud's the Word of God, We're not, ta- but there is actual historical uh, stuff in, in the Talmud of, of things that were going on in their belief uh, that homosexuality was actually one of the straws that kind of broke the camel's back of gay marriage, actually, right before the flood. Uh, yeah. That was some research done back yep. in 2008, and that's just yes, – I've seen that. I've read it. Yep. yep. Yeah, and, and, and so, Pastor, now you look, and this is all coming full circle back around today, but in your book, you talk about um, – towards the end about the mind control. That's going on, and that's one of my biggest concerns right now today with technology and our mobile phones and everything that's going on, and that is this massive, massive uh, mind control. Did you see the article the other day about uh, about are you exhausted? Well, your social media is actually ruining your sleep. Ruining yeah. people's yeah. Uh, lives and, and right now. And so, Pastor, it it seems like there is – and you, you talk about it here – an absolute – a deliberate a deliberate attempt to control our minds and the minds of our children. Yes, it is. And, and listen, it's – and I know if we had been talking about this three or four, five, six years ago, most of your audience would have thought, well, here we go into that deep conspiracy, tenfold hat. Put a tenfold hat on because they're, they're trying to read your mind. But now most of your audience is shaking their head saying, yeah, you know, that's right. Why? Because, well, we're waking up to it. I mean, it's so ubiquitous. It's so prolific. It's, you know, uh, it, 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 we walk around with a cell phone. It, it, it watches us. It can record us. It can, they can, people that, that, that want to have the backdoor channels, whether it's some government spook agency or whatever, we know this stuff. We're watching the deep state brag about it right now. We've been knowing for years this stuff was going on. Uh, our television monitors, our computer monitors, um, we now know that most of them come equipped with microphones and video cameras that can be turned off and on um, by other controlling entities. It's written in the instruction manuals. I, I, I've got a, I had a computer monitor. Um, I don't even use it but it, now, but I was, the manual was talking about how – now be careful what you say because – um, the, sometimes the microphone, we you know, will be turned on for. It's only for purposes of of just understanding how you're reacting to certain videos or to certain uh, uh, advertising, so that we can best market your interest. And I'm thinking, who gave you permission to turn a microphone on in my house? What if I don't want to be marketed to? But that's just one little example, and we're so numbed to it. And, and, and they've got us convinced that if we ever say anything about it, we're a bunch of conspiracy theorists. On the other hand, they put it in print in their manuals telling us what they're doing. And, so, and that's just one little example. And so with the advancement of technology comes the advancement of the ability to pry into our lives. Now, if we lived in a benevolent world, 
with benevolent leaders, it would be really cool that all this technology could be used to benefit us. The problem is we've eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so everything that has the potential to be good is being used by Satan and the fallen gods, little g, the Elohim, the demonic world. It's being used for the advancement of his kingdom, Satan's kingdom. And so you take something like the Internet that has the potential to do these amazing good things, like blog talk radio and your program. But it's also filled with child pornography and and pedophilia and, and abuse and a terrorism and I mean the depths of evil that anyone could think of can be found on the same internet that the gospel is being transferred over. There's where we are. So we don't live in a benevolent world. We we live in a fallen world. Our leaders are fallen. Our our every human being seven point something billion people on the planet and not a single one of us lives without violating something in God's word every day either with our very lives or at least in our minds, which is just as dangerous. So so what's wrong? What's what's going on? Well, it's it, it goes all the way back to the garden. And and it it and what's involved now, we're we're the first generation on the planet to have this completely global ability to spy, to watch, to listen, and watch this brother and to control people's activities and minds. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they've got chips in our head. Don't go put on your tinfoil hats, people. But what Brother Frank and I are saying, we live in a new world. We live in a different world. And all of this has just happened in the last two decades, brother, just the last two decades. And so, and it's getting worse. And and more and more evil people are getting hold of this technology. Listen, when we had 9-11, and then we developed Department of Homeland Security, and then we asked them to develop software, other governments, rogue governments, and terrorist organizations to protect us in the name of peace and safety. We allowed them. We cheered it. We said, yes, please do it. We want to be peaceful. We want to be safe. We want to be secure. And there were people back then saying, but you know they're going to turn it on us. And what did, what did people say? Oh, no, they they would never do that. What's happening now? We've got a sitting president that has been the victim of the total abuse of all of that technology for years. Listen, I've been connected to Sheriff Arpaio. I knew three years ago that Donald Trump, yes, the name Donald Trump, we knew from a CIA whistleblower informant that he was being spied on by the government before he ever even announced he was running for president. We had his name on hard copy documents. Mike Zulo still has it. Sheriff Arpaio still has it, ready to turn over to a congressional committee. And now we're watching right on our televisions every day. The FBI was involved. The Department of Justice was involved. What's happening to us? Well, mind control. People control. Get dirt on people. Control them. Blackmail them. If you can't get dirt, you can create dirt. You can make it up. They can interject. They can break in and hack in to your computer and implant pornography and child pornography and pedophilia stuff. They can implant URLs to make it look like you've been all over uh, uh, horrifically evil websites. And they can erase any identity that they've ever been in your computer. 
the guy that invented that software, I know him personally. He now has FBI immunity. I've talked to him several times. He's been deeply involved with Sheriff Arpaio and Mike Zulo. It, he, he told us that. I've got him on recording. I've played it on my radio show where he tells that story. Look, he said, I can do anything. I can ruin it. I'm like a god. I can ruin anybody's life. I can do stuff in their computers. They'll never know I've been there. I can make it look like they're the worst pedophiles on the planet, and they will not be able to prove that they did not do it. He said, we've got the software. I know how to do it. That's the world we live in, brother. It's control, and it's demonic, and it's going to get worse. Folks, I can tell you right now, uh, as a guy, person who's been in IT, uh, network engineering and uh, uh, running an IT company, I, I can tell you right now that they can slice through your system like hot butter. Yep. Yes, there are things you can do. Firewalls, they're excellent. And security is all about layers, just for those who want to know about your computer. The more layers, the better. But at the end of the day, some of this technology they have now is so intense uh, that they literally – and Cheryl Atkins was the first one that really kind of brought that term slicing yep. through like hot butter when they got her, hacked her system. Yep. Um, and, and she had an inside source, and, and they just sliced right into it. And you're right. They can do whatever. So, Pastor Carl, we got about six minutes left. Um, and, and we're kind of coming up to this age where we're inundated with technology. We're inundated with uh, everything's uh, sexual. Matter of fact, you can't even go to Breitbart.com without seeing an ad on the right side of the paper in a scantily clad woman. A mainstream yeah. news. It's the way it is. And folks, please, there are tons of browsers. Do your research that you can cut off those ads. Do yourself a favor. Get use one of the you know use that kind of protection. But I'm trying to say is that. There, we are so inundated right now, and there are so many people that are feeling just this overwhelming uh, sense of unrest. What do I do? Pastor, could you just speak as we close out to that person right now that's just really struggling at this moment to try to kind of bring things back in? What words could you share with them? Oh, my gosh. And then I could preach an hour-long sermon on it, so let me think how to five bring minutes. this down. To, yeah, 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 to this three or four or five minutes. Well, look, I think of Romans chapter 12. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, the Word of God says this. I mean, think about this, folks. Just think about this. Just meditate on this. Eat, just chew on this for a little bit. The Word of God says this. Be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And then it says, and present your bodies as a living sacrifice before the Lord. This is, your, this is your worship of the Lord. This is your true worship of God. And then it says, and in this way, you will be able to prove what the good and perfect will of God is. Now, let me translate that for you. God says, I know where you live. I know the day you're living in. I know that you are surrounded by temptation. Every generation is. Now, this generation, which might be one of the last generations, you are immersed in it. And God says, I know that. He says, so if you are going to purposely immerse your mind or allow your mind to be immersed in it without taking any precautions, without setting up any firewalls in your mind, then you are going to cut off my flow of blessing and anointing my flow of everything I want to do in your life. You're going to cut it off because you're going to align yourself with the evil one. You're going to align yourself with the father of death, the father of lies, the first false tree that bore the nasty fruit. He says, on the other hand, 
if you would renew your mind, transform it. Feast upon the Word of God. Feast upon the things that are lovely and pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are trustworthy, think on these things. And the peace of God will guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. That's from Philippians 4. And so Romans 12 says, so don't conform your mind to the pattern of this world, to the political correctness and all the, the, the political speech and the hate speech. Don't do that. Put up firewalls. Get away from it. Transform your mind. Then it says, and be careful what you do with your body, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the living sacrifice before God. Day by day, commit your body Amen. and your mind to the Lord. And then watch. look at the promise, Brother Frank. If you will do this, God says, I will work my will in your life, and I will show you my will. You will know what my will is. Think about that. How many times have I had people come to me for counseling as a pastor and say, oh, I need to know God's will for for uh, marriage? I say, really? But yet you're out there living in sexual promiscuity every day, and you think God's mm-hmm. going to show you his will for your future husband or future wife? Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying, brother? Yes. And so you're, you're out there immersing your mind in filth? And you think God's going to work his will in your life or even show you what his will is? No. But the word I'm giving to your audience in this five minutes is keep your mind guarded. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Do what you have to do to guard your mind. Turn off what you've got to turn off. Put firewalls up where you've got to put firewalls up. Be careful what you do with your body and the members of your body. Be careful. Because Satan inhabits, he opens demonic doors of infestation when our mind and our body is given over to the things of the world. But when they're given over to the things of God, God says, I will guard the peace of your mind. You will sleep well at night. I will guard your heart, and I will show you my will, and I will work my will in your life. And you'll be glad you made the sacrifices to to live that way. Does that make sense, Amen. Brother Frank? Amen, yes. Thank you, Pastor. Folks, the Bible says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God has more grace than this world has sin. You can translate that almost, God has more victory than this world has failure. So every time they throw more evil, God has more grace for you to stand strong. Pastor, Thank you so much for that encouragement. Folks, don't listen. If you're struggling right now, get in your prayer closets, get in the Word, begin to pray, put the technology down, and watch what God can do in your life. If you Please, everybody, go to carlgallops.com, catch, out his, catch his new book, uh, Gods and Thrones, and Pastor, we'll see you soon at the Hear the Watchman Conference. And uh, this is Brother Frank and Pastor Carl with the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Oh, I am a for the Lord to die.